<clears throat> okay. Sorry. Um, so many fluids <laughs> in my <laughs> cranium I'm, lately. <laughs> I'm so glad we have that sound bite. So many <laughs> yeah. fluids. But enough, just, <laughs> but enough about salt burn. <laughs> okay, anyway. Time code for that line. Yeah, let's, let's uh, save that for. I forgot we had the recording. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get back into fighting shape. You guys are gonna destroy me today, otherwise. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of All Bad Takes. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Nathan Ludolf. Howdy, howdy. Josh Ryerson. What up? And Brian Stevenson. Hello. Take a drink of water. <laughs> and I am Delane Cunningham, your other co-host. I was absent from last episode, but I'm happy to be back um, pretty much in full force. And we are here to talk about 2012's great epic crime drama film, The Place Beyond the Pines. All right, gang, what have we all been watching? Uh, anybody want to start us off? Wow, you guys are really not helping me out here. All right, I'll start. Um, as this year started, I watched um, an interesting film that came out recently called Bell. It's a Japanese animation of retelling of Beauty and the Beast with sort yes. of like a social media effect. Yes. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, so I finally got around to watching that, just kind of on a whim, and it was surprisingly pretty good i really enjoyed it the story's a little low well how do i say this properly it didn't go the direction i wanted i was expecting it to maybe i think i really was expecting it to be more about like privacy or like sort of more like the traditional like oh the actual the tech issue the tech that is so cool is actually evil um but instead it went like a very interesting like human you know interest story Root, which is really cool. I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it, but um, the animation is stunning, just beautiful animation, um, which really like cemented it for me. So I'm glad I got around to watching that. It was kind of on a whim. Um, I saw that in theaters. Uh, I saw that in theaters, and like it's um, it's Momoro Hosoda, who um, we all actually watched a movie together. One of his movies, we all watched Summer Wars together um, back I in tried college. To find Summer Wars. You cannot find Summer Wars on the internet anymore. Like, I have to go buy it somewhere. Um, it's like, I own a good. copy if you want to borrow. I, I might want to borrow it. Yeah. Cause I would like to watch it again. Um, but, it yeah, his me stuff's Summer always Wars. fun. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Really just like a fun movie. You know, it has a lot of elements of just like the, the maximalist style mm -hmm. in anime is really fun to see and it's done very well. Um, <clears throat> I also did a double feature with Your Name that day because I wanted to feel sad. Um, also just a beautiful movie, but, um, I will, I will admit that I cried just as much as I did the first time I watched it. Um, and then I also watched, as I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon, who officially started my, uh, awards film circuit. So I'm catching up a little bit on some of the stuff that came out last year that I just didn't get around to watching in theaters. So, um, Killers of the Flower Moon came to streaming. I was able to watch it in the comfort of my home. Uh, and I found the performances really excellent especially lily gladstone is a standout um leo dicaprio does a great job as well um i'm kind of interested to see where he ends up in the awards ceremony i've been seeing a little bit less buzz for his performance uh lately i think it'll go the way of like uh once upon a time where it's like he's nominated but that's about it i don't I think, think i don't think he's gonna win well i don't think he gives much of a shit anymore because like he he got he his bag been. 
and yeah. he's not been promoting this like um this old season as much seems like if anything he's been promoting gladstone yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely he is sort of really in that in that uh that position mm-hmm. because I, well not no, i don't want to say it's not because of leo but like it's you know it's it's certainly not hurting I was yeah, in the camp that really Lily cool. might not win it, and now I'm kind of switched over to thinking that she might actually win it this year. Like she's doing the same thing that Michelle Williams is doing with the Fablemans, where like everyone before, like back in like the summer before the movie even came out, were like, "Oh, well, that's like a category like that's gonna win like a supporting nomination," mm-hmm. and then they out of you know like way ahead of time they change it to uh, the campaign to lead, and you know this time it feels like it's really. Seems like it it could work. It could be more successful than the the Fablemans thing. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's going to be a stacked category. Um, I definitely think she would have, you know, easily nailed it with supporting lead actors. A bit more like of a nail biter. We'll see if she makes it. Um, she is absolutely deserving either way. She's. I mean, mm-hmm. as are maybe other nominees too. So it'll be a close race, I think, regardless. Um, but yeah, she was excellent, and it was really fun to watch. Um, a performance that people have been talking about for so long. Um. Yeah, what do you think of I Jesse thought... Plemons? Oh, he was great. I really enjoy Jesse Plemons and everything he does. Odd actually. favorite. Um, yeah, he's My... he's fantastic. Honestly, the whole cast is very good. Um, it just the the length I struggled with a bit. Obviously, three and a half hours a little bit long for a movie, in my opinion. In most cases, there are a few exceptions, as everyone is quick to point out. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my only gripe with it. It just felt like the pacing was a little bit off, but. But that's just me. Um, that anyway. fucking m- movie. So the day after I saw that, is, uh, you know, the memes were rolling out. And of course, you know, I was like, oh, Jesse Plummons did a good job. Of, of fucking course, I go online. And the first thing I see is like, you know, that picture of him is like, I've been sent down from D.C. to investigate how could this could be profitable for Frito-Lay. 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 Truly his most iconic line. He's been in so many things, and, like, that is my favorite performance well, he's ever done. It's just, like, it's... it's just funny that he's, like, one day, he's gonna win an Oscar, like, one day. There's no doubt. He will. I hope and so. he's, like, he's gonna, like, that's his, like, that's his Matthew McConaughey's, you know, um, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Like, all right. he's just, like, tied <laughs> to that line. I think, <laughs> like, like, that's, uh... like, that was, like, a thing that, like, McConaughey just says, like, in his life, isn't it? Right, yeah. right. Right. Although, if, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It would be really funny if Clemens just goes around people and being like, "Hey, how can that be possibly uh, profitable for Frito Lay?" Hard, uh, hard think, line to say yeah. fast. Anyway, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I, I do. I'm a big fan of Jesse Clemens. I've liked him ever since, uh, probably since Game Night. But I will say his his Black Mirror episode's very good. Um, but props to him for. I was thinking about this too because I also watched Breaking Bad uh, semi recently, and like, good to go, like Jesse Clemens because what am I saying? Way to go. Um, that's the expression. Um, <laughs> because like he actually like stands his ground amidst all those like incredible performances in that show and like manages to still be a memorable part of it. Like, honestly, I mean, part of that obviously due to great writing, all that stuff, but I have to give him his credit for that. So, uh, Josh, what have you been watching? Share with us. Uh, so, you know, in the past month, the holidays have happened and for the first time got to watch a lovely film that I would have really loved to have watched a month ago if given the chance, and that was It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, it would, you know, it was a, it, you know, it was a great movie. I would have really loved to have watched that movie a month ago. Uh, I, you know what? I still, I, I still watched, I watched it as well. The damage like, is done. Christmas time. 
what, what's going on? What happened here? I feel oh, like. Do you not remember that was the other film besides uh, Come and See? Come and See. Oh, um, that's on, right. On my little that's spinner right. of doom. Yeah. For, you know, so, it's the trauma. I, I blanked it out. Um, but that's totally uh, right. You know, I love that movie as well, and I absolutely would have loved to have watched it. So yeah, thanks so much for that. Nathan. Uh, awesome. But yeah, it was the first time watch. I also realize like how different I am in terms of movie watching compared to the rest of my family, and I realizing that I'm the weird one. Because, like, a movie's happening, and I'm, like, the only one watching it all the way through. And everyone else is, like, either getting up or doing something. Like, what are you doing? A movie is happening. Like, <laughs> l- like why are you getting up and walking away? Like, are you not invent? Like, who just walks away from a movie? That seems like a weird thing, like, for me to experience. So I'm just sitting there watching the whole movie, and then I finally have my stepdad comes in, and he is 70. And he's also never watched It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, so he was, he and I were watching it and he was just like asking me questions about the movie as we're watching it. Like I already knew the movie, even though he knows I've never seen it before. He goes, wait, why is he doing that again? I'm like, I, I mean, uh, probably because like, you know, the, they're going to foreclose or something like that. I was like, okay. Okay. He's also very hard at hearing. So he's always like, what's happening? Uh, but he and I also, uh, you know, just bonded over certain moments. Like the beginning of It's a Wonderful Life, we really were having a kick at, um, Jimmy Stewart as a high schooler and when he goes to the dance. And there's that one guy that was like hitting on, um, uh, God, what's her, what's the actress's name? Donna Reed. Yeah, there we go. And, uh, Donna Reed's like very interested in Jimmy Stewart, but the guy's still talking to him, and she like kind of like pushes him to the side because, anyways, about my story, and uh, I don't know, it was just really funny. It was uh, he and I, my stepdad and I, just kept laughing about that. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a really good fucking movie. I like teared up at the end. Uh, it's but like you've never seen it, Josh. It's a great movie. Yeah, I, I've never seen it either. Up until oh, point it's a great year. movie, yeah. Nathan. It would have been really great to have watched it a couple months ago. Anyways, I mean, um, it's not like we can we can still watch it. Like you know, no, just because no, we don't I, watch it for the pod means we can never to watch the alternative. It. Compared sure. to the alternative, of hey, be far be far from me to um, you know, introduce you to a little bit of Russian culture. So uh, I'm sorry, okay. I'm helping you isn't out. It, also, isn't it Belarusian? Get yeah. get a get, get it right. Actually, buddy. I was gonna say I would get shot for that in like some parts of the world for doing that. Yeah, the last bit of a "It's a Wonderful Life" makes me cry, and it's the fra- it's when uh, uh, Clarence writes a letter to George, and he goes to George. Remember, no man is a failure the who has friends. Absolutely fascinating thing about that whole movie is that that ending, like, and if like any other like director or felt like. You you see that kind of ending in like most like Hallmark movies these days sure. where like the town like comes together. But the fact that like that movie's so fucking well done and most of the movie's not even a Christmas movie. It's like the last like thirty minutes of it Crazy. makes it into a Christmas movie. Yeah. And that's the insanity of it. And that's why like you can kinda of watch this for the most part any time of the year. Best yeah. on Christmas time, but you can get away with it. And it's just like so crazy, like that whole ending where the whole town like comes and helps him. Spoilers, by the way, this is like an eight it's it's incredible. It's just crazy how earned that movie's ending is. It's probably one of the like all time greats. It's such uh, a it's one of my favorite movies, honestly. And I try to watch it in the holidays, but I'm the only one in my family who likes it. Um, for some reason, my mom and sister just don't don't enjoy it at all. So it's just me, and then like I don't yeah. always get to it. That's funny because which... my stepdad and I just you know when we watched it, he goes, "Yeah, I didn't really like it." I'm like, "What? Like it was a good movie. It's a beautiful film, yeah." 
It's like a stunningly beautiful film. But yeah, I think it's up there in my top three favorite Christmas movies, honestly. But I just really love James Stewart, too. Like, I'll watch him in most of most uh, everything. Clarence, I, I want to live again. All right, Nathan, how about you? I see Nunu behind you. Yeah, she, uh, Via just got home, so she's you know, about to go <laughs> ape shit here in a second. You may or may not hear it. I also kind of went down. Um, so, I mean, I've been watching some award movies, um, but I... Um, also been going down a little bit of a nostalgia rabbit hole and I me and Vita were like scrolling through um like just like um I think it was like the other night and just like I um, mean came across Chronicles of Narnia, the line the witch in the wardrobe. Hell I was like, huh yeah. this was just in the news recently that Greg Gerwig is gonna do her own adaptation. Let's uh let's go back to this because it's really? been years. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah Disney's oh. having her do it. Yeah, wow. so I was like, let's go back and see what, choice, what but, you uh, know, this movie I'm is. I'm for it. Yeah. Is it Disney? I thought it was Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Because Disney has the rights, though. Right, but they might be, like... Selling the I, rights? I don't know. I'm not sure. Does Disney have the rights to C.S. Lewis I'm looking stuff? It up. I thought it was Disney, but it could be Netflix. But, um... And, either and way, who's like, it, it is, is Netflix. Netflix? I don't know okay. if they, like, must own the rights, but it is... The Greta Gerwig's adaptation will be through Netflix. Um, cool. So I'm wondering if that's a series or if it's going to be a movie. It's going to be a series. Film, a two-part film. Oh. So kind of a series, just a, a duology. Uh, so I wonder if... Voice? I, it's I like Zack Snyder. I wonder if they're going to split up and do... Uh, or split the first movie or if they're going to do the first and second movie or first and second books, like uh, Prince Caspian. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure. But... Uh, the. The book chronologically and the movies are never always in sync, but I think Magician's yeah, Nephew is technically the prequel, and then it's the it uh, Witch in the Wardrobe, so maybe they'll do that. Okay. Uh, that yeah, always annoyed me as a kid. Like, a Horse and His well, Boy, which is like tangentially related. It's, it's a very well, oddly like arranged series. I watched the first movie that they did of the three movie adaptations they did uh, within the last 20 years. First movie's actually not bad. Uh, some of the effects... It's pretty good. Some of the effects have not aged super well, especially some of the green screen stuff, because they use green screen very heavily in that. And it's funny because, like, you know, it's the same time Lord of the Rings. I hate to go back to it, but those movies are just so well done. They cannot help but compare um, a lot of you like. You hate Lord to go Ra- back to it? I don't hate to go back to it. I hate that I sound annoying going back to it because I do. But, you know, those use the real life locations of New Zealand because New Zealand looks like well, fucking fantasy world. You got to give them like, props. They at least actually used real locations in Narnia as well. They like you somewhat, know, like, but you, yeah. there are so many sequences is very apparent that's green screen. Like, I'm not even talking about with the animals. The animals actually look good in comparison to how the green screen interacts with um, these kids. And like, it's very blurry. And it's like, oh man, you guys. Yeah, this is definitely mid two thousands like blockbuster, but it's like still good enough. Like, um, so who knows? Maybe I'll watch Prince Caspian and the Voyage or whatever. I did want to shout out and mention because I think I watched one of my favorite award um, films this season, which was Anatomy of a Fall. Mm. That movie fucking rips so much. And I, That's another one I need to see. It's so good. It so it, like during the fall it came out, and I. Um, what? I I know. Um, it it came out and I just like kind of missed it. I just didn't have time to go see it. Um, I know Brian went and saw it. Um, and we kind of chit chatted a little bit about that. I was like, oh, I want to go see it, but um, finally watched it. And yeah, it's uh, this movie's really, really fucking good. It's so it's I 
like this this movie feels like the dark horse movie for me for this year just in terms of like think, how quality is do you think it could win foreign language film i just can't think of anything else that could compete it's not nominated it's, it's not eligible yeah what? france didn't submit that film france, yeah no, they submitted the well, taste of things yeah <laughs> yeah it, zone of interest wow. is probably gonna win that award wow yeah. like when, uh, but but i mean i i'm i'm pretty i feel pretty certain that it's not okay. gonna be nominated for best picture and it's possible. I'm not as confident in this, but I think director too. And it's, look, it, it won screenplay. Be. It won screenplay at the Globes over like, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer. All right, so, screenplay. I mean, like, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm kind of that. that. Yeah. You well, know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, yeah. The, yeah, it's just like it's just crazy, like how good this movie is, and like really, I had heard too much chatter about it until like the Globes win and then people are like oh okay like this might actually have some traction now i should also we should also mention it was the palm door winner at Cannes this year mm -hmm. last oh. year uh, okay. uh i should talk about what i've seen uh i did you know i watched the other emma stone 2023 project uh long gestating and maybe hard to watch for some people project the curse the oh, yeah. show uh created by Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. Uh, and I just finished it yesterday, uh, which explains why I haven't been watching too many other films starting at the start of the year. But uh, and I'm not really good at watching shows. But when it's like, how do you I mean, watch now the with, show? This, Is it with this on grouping stars or something, uh, what's on Showtime on Paramount Plus? Okay. Yeah, so I was going to say if you have Paramount watching, Plus, you could watch it. I'm not rewatching SpongeBob. Yeah. I'm watching episodes <laughs> of The Curse. And okay. uh, I think I'll cue. just try that. If there's like a show that I want to watch on on a streaming service, that's when I will uh, subscribe to the service. So I don't have to just go through. I don't have to be lost in all the different services I have. If I want to watch a movie, I'll just look for like those services for a show uh, and then see whatever else is on there and then just watch mm. movies, you know, in a in a more um, organized way. Uh, save me money. But the curse is uh batshit crazy <laughs> um especially by the end i i i if you're interested in watching it i really suggest not uh going online going on you know reading for me uh, reactions to it it really deflates the kind of uh surprise uh but it is i think that's discourse around the show has been kind of garbage anyway so yeah avoid like online chatter yeah. if you can yeah i mean just avoid online chatter in general like you'll do your brain some real good doing that uh i've noticed that um that show is great it i guess apparently people can be fairly uh uh cringed hard by it um it's a real like like clench your butt when you watch it the whole time show that's just that's kind of my bread and butter especially because i love nathan fielder i love the rehearsal worship nathan for you growing up uh, growing up this is like seven years ago now i can watch season five of fargo and then go back to like movie land but it's very yeah, much movie... like other like safety like projects too when you're watching yeah, it's... it it's real, real safety energy blended with the fielder energy, mm -hmm. which is like definitely not a lot of people's like does not. It doesn't satisfy a lot of people's tastes, but I was about to say it's me watching. 
it's like one of the most like uncomfortable like things I've seen in a long time, but in a good way. Like it's a it's a good show, and I, I'm we're gonna finish it here this week. But yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, what else can I say? I'll say I mean I'll say micro penis, and if that means anything to you with the curse, then it does. If it doesn't, well, watch the curse. Maybe it'll make more sense. guys um i'm gonna give a little bit of backstory about this movie then we'll start talking right about it um it's directed by derek Ooh, i'm gonna butcher this last name anybody know his last how to pronounce his last name i wanted to know what you thought you it was gonna what you thought it was, oh, I was i've been saying sion france like it's written which is probably it's not correct um, it's, i mean i derek have no c derek c you know um, derek c or our guy known, derek c derek c Martin also S. known for his oh my god you guys <laughs> Trying to get the show on the road. <laughs> DBS. Uh, okay. Directed directed by a man named Derek, whose last name will not be spoken aloud on this podcast because we can't figure spell out. How it? Our condolences uh, to him. Yeah, we'll 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 spell it. Directed Derek, by no one. F R A N C. Um uh Sion France. Sion Francais. Okay, uh, I'm okay. looking it up. Cool. I probably keep talking. We're we're never gonna watch Blue Valentine, are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is no director for Blue Valentine. And, Alan Smithy uh, directed this. Sound of Metal. He's pretty well known. He's pretty well known for working with Ryan Gosling. Apparently, he wrote the the role of Luke in this film for Ryan Gosling specifically. Um, after Gosling said he wanted to play a bank robber, which solid. I actually, if I were a big actor and I could like decide what I wanted to play, a bank robber would be pretty fun. Um, I did see a letterbox review saying that the amount of voice cracks makes him less intimidating as a bank robber. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are later on in this podcast. Um, anyway, uh, this film is a bit unique in its structure. We have sort of a triptych film structure with three separate plots, though intertwined. Um, we sort of follow different protagonists for each. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, so what did we think? I think is a good question to start with did we like it were had we had you guys seen anything had you guys seen this movie before did you know anything about it going in give it give me all of it what'd you think i knew only one thing about apart from you know the the exterior things the you know who's in it and the director uh i only knew one thing about this movie and it's probably the one thing you don't want to know going in which is what happens kind of in the at the end of the first act of the film mm -hmm. mm. um and I don't know if that kind of directed me away from it because I kind of already, you know, didn't feel so special knowing that. But, you know, when it was decided that this was the film we would cover this month, you know, one thing was going through my mind, especially as I was watching it, which is like, all right, well, I know what's going to happen. But fortunately, it happened, you know, early enough. And the story structure of the film is, uh, you know, it's not kind of clinging to that specific moment though i mean narratively it might you know have a pretty big impact but um it didn't take away from uh watching the film but as far as what i thought of the film i think i i should just i should just say i don't say this about many things but this probably should have been like a tv series like a like a season Ooh. of television rather than a movie kind of like that i can see that a lot there's okay, an cool. episodicness that that isn't like when you, when there's like episodic films, usually it, I usually think that 
the film like is one long episode, but this one felt more like I'm watching three episodes of something mm-hmm. in a way that either kind of wanted this film to be longer mm-hmm. to kind of give us some more time with some of the characters uh, because at the end of each act, so to speak, I kind of felt a little bit of the, the juice kind of run out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like it kind of uh, stops the film a little bit and then and then it picks up again and then it stops again and then it picks up to the last act, which I honestly found the least interesting. I was really? less enraptured. Yeah, I was less enraptured by by the, the, the end of the film than the, those first two acts. It made me forget that I was that what I was watching like an hour or 30 minutes before was the same movie that I was watching right now. Yeah. I find it interesting because I felt kind of the same vein, uh, especially for the last story, because I feel like the last story deserved the most attention um, and it didn't really get that. I feel like there, or at least it needed more time because uh, it feels like in comparison to the rest of the film, the 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 first two acts feel like setup for the main story, which is the last one. You know, these like variables that have been put in place, how that affects everything laying out um, beforehand. Uh, my perspective on it, uh, it's actually really funny. Uh, my roommate, coincidentally at the time, uh, was like, while I was watching, it was like, oh, hey. Uh, I was a PA for a commercial with this director or something like that. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. It's I actually got a... <laughs> I, I, no. I found it out. It's uh, Sianfrance. 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 Kind of like a fancy way Sianfrance. to say conference. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he was like working on commercials with him recently. And apparently he got to talk to him very briefly. And I guess uh, the guy it basically was like, yeah, movies are my life. Like, you know, I want to always just be making movies. Like, my life is devoted to making movies. And I think he also said, like, commercials feel like homework to him or something like that. I mean, you know, makes sense for a guy whose caliber work includes working with Brian Gosling. I would imagine that commercials seem like pretty low effort, uh, tedious work. What was funny was, in the same sense of him saying that, he goes, oh, did he die yet? When, like, (laughs) just talking (laughs) about the movie. And I was like... No, because I've never seen it before. <laughs> yep. And then sure enough, like that's how it ten... got spoiled for me. And then ten minutes later Ryan Gosling dies. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't know what's happening here. And then the rest of the movie I was like, what is, what is going on here? <laughs> it was just like my thought throughout the rest of the movie. I'm like, what are we really following here? I feel like a rewatch, I get a much better experience out of it because I know exactly what is I'm like expecting going in. But like watching it all firsthand was like, all right, what's the narrative here? Yeah, I think you guys have maybe sort of a a similar experience with this film. Like, obviously, I think a lot of the film's marketability is around Ryan Gosling's casting. <clears throat> have you seen the Letterbox like, reviews? They're always like, man, I really liked it until Ryan Gosling died. Then my interest died. Yeah. I was like, really? Yeah, I definitely okay. think you guys had no a, spoiler like, tag. a popular opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nathan, have you seen this movie before? I haven't. So I have um, kind of a weird uh, connection with this movie, actually, in that. Oh, can't wait to hear in... this. My dad also <laughs> robbed banks. <laughs> uh, My dad I am also <laughs> horrible father. Um, no, but uh, um, I uh, so back in Eugene, when my Blu-ray phase was going very strong and very crazy, I bought this 
movie at a pawn shop and it sat on my shelf for seems years like, and... seems like the classic place you would find a movie like like thematically in a pawn shop i would expect place beyond the pines to be at sorry continue absolutely no and i paid i think i paid like three bucks for it it was just like one of those like oh this looks cool it has like a uh, cool cast i knew nothing about it at the time um but i grabbed it sat on my shelf for years and then I think it was one of those movies um, about like a year or so ago. I did a mass exodus of like my collection and, of stuff that either I just didn't have interest in or I'd seen it before and like, okay, like I'm probably never going to watch this again. This is just taking up space. So I think that was part of the pile, even though I hadn't seen it up at that point. And then when this got announced, I was like, that sounds really familiar. Went back to my uh, collection. I was like, no. <laughs> and just oh, no. The, the, the pain, I was like, Physical has betrayed me, or I betrayed physical. <laughs> and so this you is betrayed. why I, ha I had to rent the goddamn movie for four bucks, which and is then... more than I paid when I initially bought the damn thing. So, wow. oh, we should totally do. We should totally do how the Grinch stole Christmas sometime soon. You'll be you ready for Nathan. Absolutely, I watch it every year. It's one worth whatever <laughs> the money worth. I paid for it. And yeah, get your money's worth. Okay, Nathan, for next for your birthday this year, I'm gonna get you a copy of Place Beyond the Pines no, just to put on. Please already seen do it. not, because I won't watch it again. <laughs> Let's all give Nathan a copy of Place Beyond the Pines. <laughs> and then I think it's only it. And then we we'll like, Let's do a rewatch. Yeah, um, just for fun. Outside of that, the only thing I knew about this movie going in was that um, this is where Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes actually met. Um, yeah. And then they, you know, shortly got married after. And apparently, she did an interview where she talks about how like. You know, during the filming, you know, they're they play like a family and she's like, huh, I kind of like this. And then, you know, swooped right in and got the Gosling boys. So and they have two very adorable children, by the way. I'm going to put a photo into the uh, Those podcast are group. Strong jeans, strong jeans right there. Very, very strong jeans. I was just like, yep, those two would make the most beautiful children in the world. And, well, you know. Good for them. Good for both of them. Like they both are the winners in that relationship somehow, which I mean, great. I love to see mm -hmm. it. Um, and they seem like they really love each other. I feel like I see them on red carpet events and they're super like stoked for each other's successes and very supportive and like seem like a pretty solid couple in the, the Hollywood sphere, which might be a bit of a rarity. Um, yeah. Well, don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Who knows what might happen? It's true. It's true. Anything can happen. But I wish them all no, the best. You don't say that about them. I will hurt. If anything <laughs> hey, comes of this, I will hunt you down. If I know anything is that don't trust that anybody is ever going to be the same throughout the rest of time. I know. Well, that's true, Josh. Honestly, and, uh... if I were anything, is that if you're Ryan Gosling, like, be in a happy marriage so you don't have to, like, care for, like, someone else's, like, family, even though, like, you know, once your kid. Because there's lots of, like, Kind of reminded me of Driving Away. This movie was kind of like his character felt like yeah. kind of like a like a cousin to to the driver character when his taking care of uh, Carrie Mulligan and uh, um and uh, her her son and well, helping just... Oscar Isaac rob the pawn shop. A lot of you know definitely don't you know what if you're Ryan Gosling <laughs> don't rob people. Yeah, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. I also had not seen the movie. Um, which is why I chose it. I like choosing movies that I haven't seen for this podcast because it a forces me to watch them. Like ones I've been like, kind of like you were saying, Nathan, it's been on your shelf for years. Like, like it's like, I'll get around to it. Well, this forces me to get around to it and I love it. Um, but also, um, 
I've been trying to watch more Gosling's work. Um, I've seen some of the stuff he's well known for, and a lot of it I haven't seen, um, including this one. I also have not seen Drive, so I'm excited. I was about to ask. That Mm -hmm. is the ultimate dude movie like he's ever done. Like that's the cinephile dude movie. Delane, it's such a dude movie. I have it on DVD, and I don't know where I got it. It's just in my house. That's amazing. Um, I mean, he's very talented. I think he's an incredible actor. I love him in Blade Runner 2049. Um, Obviously, he's great in Barbie. I feel like he's great in everything. Like, I have yet to see a bad Ryan Gosling movie. Oh, this last year, 2023, I watched The Other Guys. Or is it The Nice Guys? Nice Guys. One with The Nice Guys. I get the titles mixed up. But The Nice Guys, loved it. It was probably, like, one of my favorite movies I watched last year. So Great film. um, yeah, I just am a big Ryan Gosling fan. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty surprised. And we kind of talked a little bit about how Mahershala Ali makes an appearance in this. It's a pretty stacked cast. Um, my my favorite scene goodness. My favorite scene is when Ben Mendelsohn is chasing geese. It's just a shot. I also like running I liked around anything that Mendelsohn was in. <laughs> no, nothing is funnier to me than the fact that we've, spent this entire time talking about everybody except for Bradley Cooper <laughs> and he's like the like, like real character for, yeah yeah exactly I was like <laughs> we're ignoring him just like the awards are going to ignore him this season so that's just how it goes I oh, think boy. it only makes sense because I feel like Bradley Cooper's character is really boring uh I mean it's like he has good like interesting qualities and it, like it sets him up very interestingly but then he kind of just like the way his trajectory of his story goes is like he's not at all involved in the last part of the movie and so it's like there's literal little for me to care about at that point because it's just like all right he's not involved i i it's kind of like i don't think about him anymore uh yeah but yeah i don't know what's that scene at the end, like spoilers, um, but right. um, where he's like crying, like it, like almost feels like unearned, just like because yes. you like you dip out for such a long time from him, and like really doesn't like he has that whole like beginning sequence, of, like how he like feels bad they killed a guy who also has a kid, um, right. the same age as his son as well, and like there's like a couple like sequences that happen like that all right he's like has this guilt carrying but then it gets so swiftly like sidetracked by like the whole police corruption plot line that you're like okay what is this man really like was his was he want like out of like any of this anymore so i don't know it's just such a weird um trajectory like i think it was i would have been more interested if he like got involved with like re like getting involved with Jason and like kind of like mm-hmm. getting involved with his family again, be like, stay away from my son or kind of the deal or something like that. Or like trying to use his political power to sabotage people. Or I don't know something where he is trying to like rid the past or like make amends with the past, but he can't. And that makes that ending a bit more earned. Cause he's like, he feels sorry. Cause he can't do anything about it, but he's just gone. So it's like, I, all right. And then we're left with AJ, who fucking sucks. Uh, I fucking hate that kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really agree with you guys. I think, yeah, Bradley Cooper's character is, it totally loses steam. Like, it seems like it's going to go somewhere interesting when he feels the guilt and the parallels between him and Ryan Gosling's character, their two sons being the same age. Like, it seems like there could be something there. And I really liked those first scenes with Bradley Cooper's character. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm interested in this. Like, 
it's hard to change protagonists like that, especially away from somebody mm -hmm. as magnetic as Gosling. And he has such a dynamic role. He portrays it perfectly. And then to switch mm -hmm. gears like that is tough. And he picked it up pretty well, but then it just completely lost steam. It changed into a completely different movie. And we kind of lost what I felt like was the stronger theme of like fatherhood and sons and like, you know, the guilt and remorse over killing. Like, honestly, I was talking about it with my partner after we finished the movie and we both were trying to decide if Bradley Cooper's character was a good guy or not. Like, obviously he's not I like, mean, great. I mean, like, maybe great there isn't an answer, you know, maybe know. there isn't an answer to that. But I think I don't really know if he had been like the true blood, like good guy who is like in a corrupt apartment and is well, actually is trying to, like, change things. Ryan Gosling, a bad guy. You know, is that right, right. is there an answer to that either? So it's like, you know, those good or bad labels, I feel like we're really put into play in this movie. Very much. And I like the ambiguity with it. Kind of I think we're all, I feel like everyone is kind of facing some kind of inner struggle with like with the Cooper character. You know, like I, I, I saw this. His whole thing is like here he is like trying to do good when in reality, like there's nothing he can do anymore mm -hmm. because he like lied you know, lied about what happened, lied about uh, him, shooting him shooting first. first. Yeah. And, you know, by the very end of it, like his arc gets kind of completed when he's pleading for his life. And he's like, the, well, the one thing I can do at least is apologize to this kid because mm -hmm. one, he has a gun pointed to my face and he's, you know, has, you know, a justifiable reason to, uh, to, to shoot me. But yeah, it's like there's there's a whole there's a whole like 30, 40 minutes of the film where none of that is getting addressed until right up to the very end. It doesn't feel like there's much that's, that's being like summed time, up by the end. That's only the that's also the only time Jason ever interacts with Bradley Cooper. So it's like the first time and the only time these two characters actually meet. Um, and I that's why I feel like it kind of loses my interest where it's just like, like, I don't see any relationship between these two, even though it's kind of been set up that way. Well, I mean, it. well, one thing, though, is at the very beginning, uh, sorry, at when uh, uh, the uh, Ray Liotta character and the other cops are going oh, to right. the house, and he has to yeah. pick up the Jason as a baby car. to get the money. Like, like that's, I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit warmer on the, on the, the character that Cooper's playing as the rest of us, but, yeah. like, that, I mean that's sort of the point where you know i could kind of see like the conflict in his character right. when like you know he's uh you know at the very you know at the start of the at the start of his story uh of, of his arc he's kind of a bradley cooper like embodiment in him in himself which is that, like you know he's he's pretty low he's you know uh he's been shot and he's recovering and he's like just a real go-getter he's really he's not willing to quit he's like gonna keep pushing until he gets mm -hmm. what he wants the i mean the uh district attorney position right the academy mm -hmm. award right like right, he's yeah. gonna although i i mean i don't i don't really know if he's doing things quite in like a you know this justice prevailing kind of way in in, in the academy i mean he's just he's just, he's just unless i see movies, killian you know? murphy getting arrested i don't see anything happening <laughs> If you see Killian uh, Murphy riding a motorcycle. <laughs> um, yeah. I do find what's interesting about this story in relation to these characters is that no matter what happens, like Bradley Cooper's character always like succeeds uh, and like uh, Ryan Gosling and his family always fails. And it's like 
Bradley Cooper's character always succeeds off of their failure. He takes the money from the robbery. He gets the political position because uh, his son got beat up and like uh, he was at gunpoint. So there's like sympathy to that. He literally is a hero because he killed Ryan Gosling. Like every single tragedy that happens to like the Gosling side of the story, he succeeds out of it. Um, which I also find to be a very interesting dynamic because it's like, and it's all because, the... and it's all because of a lie. If one of right. those elements were like, you know, one of those factors, which is that like he actually shot first, was known because no one else would have been able to tell in that room. Right. Uh, you know, everything, everything, just like it doesn't happen. My beef with this movie, um, I guess, like. Uh, is mostly with how everything resolves similar to like with like Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper's character and everything. And with um, Gosling's son, I think there's like some like really like great scenes that happen like in between with the son and Marshall Lee, like who's mm-hmm. like great yeah. father figure, by the way. And, and yeah, dad of the year for everything he puts up with between like Seriously. Gosling great and then dad. like raising this kid and everything. And like, he has that really great scene with like, mm-hmm. um, What's the kid called in the movie? I can't Dom remember. Hill. Dom... No, not Dom Hill Gleason. It's uh... Dane DeHaan. Dominic... But, uh... Dave DeHaan, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's yeah. His, I don't know his name in the movie. Sorry, I, I don't remember. I literally just Jason. watched the whole movie. Jason. <laughs> oh, it's Jason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason. Um, but there's like that great scene. And then like, it's so, it, it's just so weird to me on that turn of a dime when he finally like learns about his like real dad. And like he learns like he was like kind of an outlaw, like cop. Or, like, whatever. And then he meets, like, that guy who used to work with Gosling or whatever, and he, like, kind of hypes him up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he sort of, like, flips into, like, oh, my dad was, like, the, like this, like, uh, freedom guy. Like, I'm gonna, like, pursue this whole thing. I, there's not, like... I have a hard time, like, just believing that much of a flip for him to, like, go through with everything that happens with uh, Cooper and his son, and then, like, riding off into the end, like that, I guess. Because, like, obviously, I don't know, it's just a weird dissatisfaction with his home life that's just not there when he has a healthy home life his whole life i guess for the most part so i i don't know it was just it 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 was just weird for me to like see that kind of sequence happen um as somebody who had a similar upbringing i didn't even know who my birth bar was and i can't see me like no matter who i found out who my dad was like i went flip and turn like that and then you know go away from everything i knew for Did sure. anyone else notice that in that scene with Jason and his and the Mahershala Ali father that he was eating ice cream? Oh, and that he was, oh yeah. Every time was that he the eats same, ice cream, that the he same of me. Well, like, is that the same? Uh, Probably ice cream place. Like, it, yeah. it must be right. Because then when he sees the photo that was in Cooper's I wallet, so. yeah. you know, I and sends it back to his mom. I was thinking that I was like, well, as soon as he put the the spoon in his mouth, I was like, well, yeah, the baby and the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking about his dad. Yeah, I love Mahershala Ali. Anytime he's on screen, I'm thrilled. Like, I just he has such a great presence. I really enjoy watching him. Shout out to True Detective season three. He's so good in it. Um, I think from what Brian mentioned earlier, I think it would have really helped if the narrative of this story was told a bit differently, mainly because the reveal to Jason that Bradley Cooper was the cop that killed his dad seemed kind of not really it didn't affect I know it's like we all know the narrative but Jason's the only one that doesn't so when he discovers it I just 
don't really feel anything because it's just like, all right, yeah, you d- you kind of figured it out. We all already know. So it's like we're kind of just waiting for him to understand. I don't know. It kind of feels like wasting time because it's like, okay, he needs to figure it out now. And like, so then we can get to on to the next point. But I'm curious if like, you know, if it was edited differently where the narratives were all kind of like a bit more streamlined um, or something along the lines of that where it's like it, the information is not totally clear. I don't know. It just like, but from the way that it's set up, it just feels like I like it. It kind of feels like starting over every time because it's like, mm-hmm. like, all right, here we are. Here's Ryan Gosling's story, and he's dead. All right, who's this Bradley Cooper guy? All right, let's go back to the beginning of his story and really like figure out what he's going. All right, and that. Okay, he's now what's right. up with AJ and Jason? What's going on with his? Okay, we have to go, all the way. and then their narratives have to take us all the way back to the beginning again. So it's like we're rehashing more things for other characters to figure out. And I, I feel, feel like, like that the, takes up a lot of time. To me, it feels like the time jump at the beginning of the third act kind of does the film a bit of a disservice because right. Absolutely. we're not seeing a lot of the characters that we were seeing, we've been seeing for the last hour. And now, like you were saying, Josh, we kind of have to start over and we don't know these kids. Like, right. We don't like what they're like. They're in high school now. Like, I feel like so much. And also, like, to me, it felt like not a lot of the characters who we had seen had really aged very much in 15 years. I mean, but maybe like, that's another what, thing. The main question I was wondering was, like, what's up with Eva Mendez and, like, that family? Like, I really want to know how they, yeah. like, made it. And it's like, oh, we're in a house. And that's it. We have a kid. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, is there I, more to that? I really agree. Yeah. The, I feel like the the mom characters got totally sidelined. Like, we totally mm, lost track yeah. of Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, like Rose, oh, Rose Byrne, not Byrne being in the this movie, movie very much, yeah. is like maybe the number one glaring thing for me that was like, this should have been longer. Like this should have been like there should have been more time for her because she is like pretty much reduced to this movie as like concerned wife. Yeah, very much. She does so. have like and a good like scene. not not a whole lot else. She does have a good scene at the dinner table with Ray Liotta. Like that, I think is like. The only really like strong scene she has, but I also it's like the kind of the only. Scene and she's she still has. being concerned wife because yeah, like right. he doesn't know like no because like, remember after that time jump the they funeral. have to acknowledge because they have to acknowledge uh, that they're divorced. So yeah, there, there's like but that I, scene I really and then he's gone. Guys. The the time jumps really do a disservice. It's not clear like when we're jumping time until somebody like makes a very pointed piece of dialogue about it um like i was really surprised that like bradley cooper's character just like was an absentee father which i guess contrasts him nicely with gosling who was like very involved when found out about his son but it was like oh like even you forgot you had a kid it seemed like and now we have to like care about him all of a sudden and yeah it, it all seemed very rushed um i saw a lot of the discussion around this film one of the themes that was mentioned is like fate and how things are like inescapable Mm. and like it sort of is like a pattern that repeats um Mm. so i think in the most charitable reading of the ending i think we see jason leaving the town to avoid repeating Mm -hmm. the pattern or already more than he has already um but i think that kind of is what maybe why we feel like it's just like oh we need to get going to the next thing because the film Mm -hmm. itself is operating on this like continually turning wheel of the same events um but it's it does not really work like that's the issue is like i've seen films do that and successfully but this film i unfortunately it doesn't build up the goodwill toward its characters or at least build up interest in them enough to make it worth Mm. like kind of glossing over maybe like uh some of those like maybe bigger 
moments like him finding out that bradley cooper's character killed his father like that is mm -hmm. I, I wanted that to be bigger than just like a google search like why is that how we're finding out you know how, how why is that how you're finding out about this like could did nobody want to tell you in person like surely this would have been a really great scene like i kind of wanted mahershala ali to tell him that in their scene together instead of like I, I don't know it just it just <laughs> seemed like that was like where it started to really peter off the energy of the film really died down at that point Mm -hmm. It also seems like isn't the the phone call that Gosling gives uh uh to Ava Mendez in in the house he breaks into he's literally saying like don't tell him about me like so I, like he doesn't need to know on this and then you know lo and behold what happens at the end of the film he rides off and on a motorcycle he buys a motorcycle and rides off and turns out to be just like his father you know he's probably gonna go and be the best motorcycle rider he can be and then yeah the cyclical nature really continues. You know, the, the, I think, you know, the corrupt stay corrupt and the people I, in the bottom. I kind of read into that a bit differently. I do think that there, like, the cyclical nature is definitely present and, like, that is definitely a theme. But I think it's like, I think the main message that comes out of it is like, you know, we are the sins of our past you know it's like the that's kind of what makes us who we are um you know these characters wouldn't be in these positions if it weren't for the decisions made by their parents and for bradley cooper it's also the decision of his parent because his dad was a successful policeman and that's what led bradley cooper into that line and and who knows what like actions his dad or his family put him into that position and i think the message maybe in my opinion from looking at it's not like it's always going to repeat but it's always like you know no matter what you do there's always going to be a part of them that's part of you like when dan dahan gets on the bike and the guy goes have you ridden these before and he doesn't answer him because I'm, I'm assuming the answer is no but he gets on the bike like it's no issue because, you know, his dad was a good bike rider and that's always yeah. going to be a part of him. And so he kind of yeah. rides off in that way. That's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, I like that interpretation, too. I, I think that is maybe the stronger reading of what the actual material is. I think mm -hmm. I can just also kind of see what the initial intention was behind it. And but mm -hmm. I think the way you're interpreting it is maybe a more accurate de depiction of how it was actually executed. Well, I was going to say there's just not a strong enough like just resolve overall again like yeah. i think there's like so many like like different strings and lines of thought going on that there isn't one solid line going through the movie where you or like where you can correlate all these actions like does crescendoing into something worthwhile does besides the one time at the dinner table does jason and eva mendez ever talk about his dad again I feel like he like brings it up once at the dinner table and then like they don't talk about it anymore. At least with her. Not that I recall. I, I feel like that so. would have been an interest. I, I feel so. like that would have been a conversation I'd really like to have seen. Because first it was the dinner conversation and everything before that. It was just he thought that he died in like a car crash or something yeah. like he doesn't yeah. even really like doesn't really care too much about it until, you know, he meets AJ and. And then the next time was after when he's in the at the the hospital and he's like, "You're a liar," and that right. was kind of it. That's and it. Then and then they, right. they walk out with he. She has like this half, you know, oh, right. like deflated balloon, which is like, 
who know who like I wanted to see the whole exchange of that. Like you know they they didn't want to leave with a balloon, <laughs> but they were just like, "Oh, take it, come on, you 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 deserve it." But they're just begrudgingly leaving with a with a half you know risen balloon. That's kind of why I think your idea of it being a TV series like would be better, Brian. Because I think there's just like a lot of like interactions and characters that I just want to like see more of. Of like, what is Rose Byrne and AJ's relationship like? What does she think of her son? You know, what does the family look like with Eva Mendez and Mershali? Are they like a tight family or are they a bit more? Is it like a struggle? Um, you know, just like those areas where it's like, you know, you gave us these characters. Why are you not giving us like a bit of resolve around them? You know. It's like you're eating a like a big corn on the cob and you start like in one side and you get like a big bite. Every, you know, tooth in your mouth has like a bit of corn in it and you're tasting all of it. And then you like move on to another side and then eat like a whole new bite of it. And then you go to the last side and there's like a little bit left, but you still like manage to finish it. And you say you're 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 full, but in reality there's so much corn that you you haven't even like flipped it over. There's way more when you just, you know, rotate it a little bit. Wow. Perfect. That, and I that, think that can be a metaphor. I really like the corn metaphor. <laughs> I think that should be our cold open. <laughs> I, f- I feel <laughs> like, like corn. <laughs> I feel like that should be a good interpretation of a movie is like, is this, is this a full corn movie or is this a half corn it is, movie? It should be. We should be rating movies based on how much corn they are. I mean, many, I feel like yeah, I got 75% corn. corn off of this. <laughs> Ultimately, I gave it three and a half uh, corns corn out movie. of a full cob. Out of a full cob. <laughs> yep. Yep. You want to know what's a good corn movie that also has a time jump? Uh, is I almost drive want to car. guess. Oh, uh, I was just... uh, uh, let me guess. Drive my car. Drive my car. <laughs> wow, that, wow, yeah. That, uh, that has... I really you know, my it corn. Was also, it That's was enough. also like three and a half hours. So well, I had and, time to work also, on it. But like the but the movie switches plots like uh, plot lines like forty minutes into that one as well. But yeah. and I'm pretty sure it actually, Josh, it runs like two fifty nine. <laughs> so let's not yeah. get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, but what yes. I'm getting at is it takes the time, you know, it, like, <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. it does. I I actually think I would be fine watching like a three hour, three and a half hour version of this. If it's Absolutely. like put in with the same kind of like yeah. effort that they had been putting. I wonder if there was more from this movie that was I'm sure actually I'm honestly, shot and that there's like I'm actually sure a director's yeah. cut or something. Yeah. You know, I, I never I thought I would look for these it. kinds of things. I would I would be interested to see that, too, because honestly, my recurring and final impression of this movie as I was watching it was I really like am confused by the characters and some of the like choices that are being made in the plot. But I think the aesthetic of the movie is really nice. And I really like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I liked the world that was created for the film. And I wanted to mm. see more of that. Um, like Ben Mendelsohn, great supporting character. I loved his scenes. Like what a great character to include in this film. He doesn't really, do a ton, you know, beyond his like initial inciting incident to get Ryan Gosling's character robbing banks. But um, I really liked him. And I thought, you know, like every time I would start to think like, oh my God, I, I'm really losing, this movie is losing me. We'd have that really beautiful like tracking shot on the highway that I just love. And I'm so glad we mm-hmm. got to see that a couple of times because it really like helped recenter me into the film, um, you know, for as the next segment, I guess. But I'm curious what you guys thought of that side of the film. We talked a lot about the plot. We talked a lot about the characters and the performances. But what about the technical well, side? She's right. The whole thing looks so good. The cinematography, like just from the get go, when he's walking up, uh, like when it starts in the movie, he's walking up.
up to the cage and everything. It's just like, oh, this is going to be a great time. Like, yeah. And, you know, and that's the truth visually for the whole movie. This thing looks yeah. so fucking good. But I have the, yeah, the, I kind of the Texas music. switch of the shot where he's going, he's leaving, he's about to oh, get yeah. into the, the motorcycle dome. And uh, you see, like, you see him walking all the way there and then just out of frame for one second and then you you still believe that that it's it's the same guy i believe uh i believed uh, it i do have an opinion on the cinematography because i definitely was thinking a lot about it while watching it um so i definitely believe that the movie has a very you know uh has definitely a few messages that it's throwing out there but the camera work makes it feel very objective like it's a very objective lens for like most of the movie we don't really get like a full pov of anyone specifically and that kind of makes sense because we're juggling between like four different characters i think but like the majority of the cinematography feels like you're there kind of but it's like a camera guy just like watching this all happen you know just like there isn't any form of bias in how it's viewed and i thought that was really interesting I think that fits with its subgenre of epic. I think an epic is a good label for this type of film because we do mm -hmm. sort of follow over generations. We see, you know, different protagonists take up the banner. And, and I think epics are fairly objective. Like you do have mm -hmm. like a little bit more black and whiteness. Traditionally in most like epics, you have like a, the overarching villain, you have the good guy, the hero fighting against him. But in this case, I liked that it was a little bit more morally ambiguous, but I think that's why maybe is it's just like staying mm -hmm. true to that genre of like, I'm telling you the story and how it happened. So really like mm -hmm. you are the person who's deciding whether these, who, who the hero is, who the villain is, you know, if anyone here is redeemable, but it's very Greek tragedy in a lot of ways. Like it's very unavoidable. Like you kind of know where the, you know, conclusion is going and it's, so it's not a huge surprise when it gets there, in my opinion. The shot that follows gosling on the motorcycle in like the forest on the trail mm -hmm. like the the when the camera's following him so aggressively it's almost like mm -hmm. the you know like the evil dead this kind of sam raimi like, like tracking shot except like way like on on speed right like it's mm -hmm. like way way more intensified and it's like also there's also there's other moments you know some of the more action shots on the motorcycle where there's kind of like a change in uh like frame rate you know that you mm. see it kind of a little bit a little different um you know the the you know there's a lot more frames being skipped in some of those action scenes when he's um getting on the motorcycle after robbing a bank or uh just going to you know taking Ava Mendez home mm -hmm. I like those shots a lot the motorcycle ones are really fun to watch I really felt the adrenaline in the filmmaking for those scenes it which I thought was pretty impressive to capture because it's I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I've seen a lot of like cop shows and things like that where they're doing car chases and things like that. And it's just like, yay, there they go. Like, you know, cars going fast. But like, you know, here I felt it a lot more viscerally than I would, I think, in other. other it kind of feels like kind of feels like cops like the show in, in a sense, because it's like when Bradley Cooper is or some cop is like chasing him on the bike and it's like the cameras in the passenger seat watching him like drive through that graveyard. And then we see like Bradley Cooper like what fucking eat it against like a like a cement block and then like try to walk around it and the cop That's tries a different to get cop. Out. It's a different cop, and he like yeah. tries to get out of the car and chase Bradley Cooper, and the camera's just like still 
in the car watching it all happen like it's an episode of cops that's why it kind of gives off that like man on the street kind of thing where it's just like we're all watching this together like this these are events unfolding before our eyes this is another scene i liked bradley cooper in i will say that was a good scene for him the scene where he picks up jason is a standout for me and then also the Mm -hmm. scene where he like realizes what's going to happen to him if he gets out of the car i was like whoa that's good he did a nice job with that Brian, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, it's not really related to the 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 craft of the film much, but you know, just some it's just some more thoughts about like Gosling and Cooper in this, which is that like I think I think Gosling is a uh, pretty strong performer with non dialogue. Like you know, he's mm-hmm. just like really good at just silent performances. And it, and Delane, when it, whenever you watch Drive, you will I think it, undoubtedly you'll notice this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that like Gosling he's got a thing for stunts now like he's he plays a stunt driver and drive he's like this stunt motorcycle rider in this and he's about to play a stunt guy yeah, in the fall thing. guy yeah. so like you know i hope his stunt guys you know paid well you know i, would I will expect, say i would expect it i will say this is the fascinating thing about this movie is that like on a technical level like honestly it reminds me a lot of drive because drive is a like technical like achievement in a lot of ways the way it looks the way like the music core um like coordinates with like what's happening on screen and everything and like brian was saying like this from like is kind of like a cousin to drive in a lot of ways it's so fascinating to me is because drive's story isn't even that like complicated or like amazing Mm -hmm. either but for whatever fucking reason it works so much better even though it's simplistic whereas this one tries to be a little more complicated you know it kind of flounders because of that even though like it's got this similar technical prowess to it so i don't know i was just like that popped in my head i just thought that was like so fascinating after all the gossing stuff it's like pretty talky yeah yeah it's like yeah no one's riding a motorcycle anymore lost my interest not till the end um a lot of the world building already happened yeah yeah and again it's like i i i i liked i liked that there's i i'm finding i'm doing a, a bad job and like citing so many different like other films from other people in the movie but like you know he starts off the film in a circus and i think about bradley cooper in nightmare alley starts and ends in a circus um and then i think about uh drive which the you know gosling's taking care of carrie mulligan and then i think of maestro which is bradley cooper again he's just he's infiltrating my brain right now and you know, I don't know if I'm okay with it, but tell you know, me something, girl. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Maybe I, my, my head cannon was that. I mean, it's not tr- like I don't actually believe this, but my head cannon was like, what if this is like Ken from Barbie, just like being all like like outlawed? The downfall of Ken. Because like, like this is post Barbie. Because like you know, give Honestly. him like the character's credit he is pretty stupid he's just like i'm just gonna rob banks and then he dies like that yeah. seems like such a ken thing to do maybe daddy ken well i think and there's like something fast <laughs> but there's like something fascinating to that is that like he's obviously poor from the get-go and like one of the reasons right. like he wants to like he robs banks is because of his son and like that's not that's not a weird thing about this movie it does such a great world building job because there's so many great shots of like the surrounding like rural area mm-hmm. it's new york but it's rural new york you know um so yeah. and there's yeah it sets the tone so well and then after gosling dies it just veers way off of that and becomes too character focused it's like okay well fuck this setting am i right <laughs> you know what i think is something of an issue is that 
uh, I think Gosling's arc feels like it's, it feels like Gosling's character has already been through a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like this is the mm-hmm. end of that movie. And then, you know, you've got like a couple like addendums to the Gosling movie. But the movie mm-hmm. itself, you know, as, as it is, does not feel like that. Yeah. And then I think the last segment with the sons feels like the beginning of a movie. Right. And we don't really yeah. get to see that actually. So that's interesting. And then you just sort of have Bradley Cooper's there like sandwiching them together, which doesn't unfortunately stand on its own. Yeah, um, I don't want Bradley Cooper sandwiching anybody near me. So <laughs> I don't want Bradley Cooper yeah. sandwiching any kids. I I fully attest to that. Oh, my, my, by the way, the entire time AJ was on screen, I kept waiting for him to be like, Gabagool, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> we were so confused. Whatever. We were like, where did this come from? Why is I, I will like say, that? like, Long Island, you know, son of a bitch. Something happened in those 15 years that I think we want to watch. <laughs> yeah, Bradley, Bradley. Watch The Sopranos. Bradley Cooper, that's what happened. Because Cooper's character and Rose Burr's character don't sound like that. So he got it from something. I just wanted to, like, he have woke a scene up where that Bradley, morning and got himself a gun. I just want a scene where Bradley Cooper's like, we got to talk. Why are you talking like that? Like, you know, you sound like an idiot. <laughs> Why are you right? like this? <laughs> no, Where's I my nose? Has anyone seen my prosthetic <laughs> nose anywhere? <laughs> I want to, um, like, have, like, a deleted scene where AJ actually was dropped on his head and then he just started talking like that. Hey, yo, Pops, what's going on here? Goes, There's, like, oh, a deleted God. scene where, for some reason, Ryan Gosling's character picked up Bradley you know, Cooper's son in a weird parallel. Oh, like, dropped I would, I would, uh, you know, it would be so funny. Like if this was like a switched at birth situation, yes. Where Bradley yes. Cooper, got, that might happen. <laughs> like Bradley Cooper accidentally got Jason, and the other kid was Eva Mendez's kid, and I'm just thinking, yeah. like, man, if Jason sounded like that, it would make so much more sense. Uh, it's just like, hey, yo, pops, and Bradley's like, this isn't my kid. That's like <laughs> the place beyond the parent trap. <laughs> and then Jason right. and AJ are like, wait, we're brothers. To be fair, if my kid talked like that, I'd be like, I, I, I don't know what he likes. Uh, why are you dumping him with me? <laughs> I'm going to go into politics. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm going to be an absentee father on purpose. <laughs> this kid's anyway. a joke. Rose well, Burns, all right. like, I don't want him either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she dumps him. <laughs> like, Bye. She did pawn him off to him. She's like, he wants to come live with you. He wants like, to spend time with you. Not? And Bradley's like, when did he ever say that? Yeah. He really <laughs> wants to spend time with you. You're telling me this at my father's funeral? <laughs> hey, quit being a dick, Bradley Cooper. Take your son. He's like, I'm going through a lot right now. He's like, I guess. Um, well, all right. Just to round out our discussion here on Place Beyond the Pines, um, I'm curious about the themes in this movie. Any last thoughts on themes of... I mean, I've seen uh, Wikipedia specifically um, sort what? of identifies themes. Wikipedia identifies themes of this film to be masculine identity. Is that um, the relationship? You're, you're emph- emphasizing the wiki, like the, not Wikipedia or anything. You're like, yeah. we, like you, you sound like weekly, like the the like weekly Gazette <laughs> or something. The Wikipedia. I'm saying it normally. Wikipedia. Say it again. How do you guys say it? Wikipedia. Say it. Wikipedia. <laughs> you guys bully me. I don't know. I don't know. This okay, is like the well, coupon situation all, right, all over listeners, again. Listeners at home, please let us know how you pronounce Wikipedia. Apparently, I say. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm Speaking saying. of fragile masculinity. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, chaps, any last thoughts on the film, or should well, we? Well, hold on. Give we our... were talking about the week. We didn't even talk right? about. The... <laughs> what? Oh, what about the themes? Well, 
from your oh, wiki yeah, article. Oh, yeah, bullying me. Okay. Yeah, she was like, um, We're, let's wrap this up real fast. Like, <laughs> we literally just bullied out content from the episode. <laughs> oh, look at the time. We're, we're running out right again. now. I'm doing my best to host. It's hard. All right, try it again, um, Delane. Okay, well, but right according to this time. Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> Um, some of the major films in this, I fucked it up already. Um, fuck me, man. <laughs> okay. Lots <laughs> of fluids. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. God damn it. The themes of the movie, God damn it, are apparently masculine identity, <laughs> the relationships between fathers and sons and fate. What did you guys think? Please, it's oh, a very God, someone masculine else way thought. to ask that question. Thank you. I do my best. You know, I think uh, the last three minutes have been a perfect uh, portrait of uh, masculine identity. Do you? <laughs> Interesting. Feels like it. Some areas of it. Well, I think uh, obviously because I read, I, I, I read into that theme when you asked the question in the Discord before I watched the film, so it had stayed on my mind, and it just, you know, got me thinking. You know, not to just bring up Gosling for the forty-fifth time, but. I think he's like if you want to like showcase masculinity in a very broad range, you put Ryan Gosling in your film, right? You mm -hmm. put him in Drive, you put him in Barbie because those are just like these two diametrically opposed like like elements of masculinity told in, you know, varying ways, but like yeah, I just I uh it's hard not yeah. to think about like ways that one can relate to like you know it's it's a it's like a a, 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 a father-son movie and i don't mm -hmm. see a lot of those i've found mm -hmm. uh, i mostly imbue it into you know my reading of a film that's not directly about that stuff but like this is one of those times where i like you know i think because like this this movie is nothing like anything i've ever experienced in my life so it's good to get like some kind of outside perspective of a thing that I think a lot of sons of fathers, uh, you know, grapple with or don't want to grapple with. Right. I agree with your point about Gosling. He's, he's a very versatile actor. He's very talented. Um, but I think one of his greatest strengths is that you can stretch him in any direction you want him to go. Right. Cause he is good looking, but he's also like a little bit less like star, He's, he doesn't have the Brad Pitt look as much, according to some. I don't know. I, I personally think he's very attractive. He can but get ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he can play sort of more of an everyman if he needs. Um, he plays, with his, with his silent acting, with his facial expressions, he can do depth in, like, a badass character. But he can also do, like, sort of a softer side and, and play that well. He's very, very talented. So I really agree with you there. He's a great choice for this. Um, but yeah, it is a bit interesting to see like an overt father son's movie. I feel like we see like father figures more than we see like actual fathers being like the crux of the narrative. Um, but I think again, that, that ties back to its status as an epic because epics are very much stories of fathers and sons and their fathers before them and so on and so forth for years and years back generations. Um, so I think that's, that plays into it really nicely as well. Like that subgenre is why we see that there. But I do, I do agree. It is a, a less common um, story structure nowadays. It seems like. What were you gonna say, Josh? Well, uh, you know, uh, contrary to what I said about like this being like the camera work being projective, uh, objective. 
this is a very like it, it, it's very subjective in a in a few themes because uh, you know not to scare anybody but this movie is a little woke um, and the main way I, I see it is that uh, it's like it Elaborate, really please. it explores the idea that environment creates character because um, I think and I think we touched upon this before but it's like you know Ryan Gosling didn't go into banks because he wanted to rob banks he robbed it because he was poor. Uh, you know, Ryan Gosling, I mean, um, Brad Pitt, no, fuck, Bradley Cooper, um, you know, he was put in a position of privilege because he, you know, grew up in a fairly wealthy household, got to go to college, had a lawyer degree, was able to manipulate his way through his privilege to the top, get into a political position of power, and still utilize the his success off of the failures of others or like you know the tragedy of others around him um you know it i think it really talks about how like masculinity is kind of defined by like how you're able to take care of yourself and others because i think ryan gosling considers himself a failure if he's not able to take care of his own son a son he didn't even know about until like you know a few days ago you know he wouldn't have given a damn unless you know he discovered that it was his kid and if you know there's that sense of like uh that title of being a father you know holds a lot of, of power and so it's like if you know that's why like he definitely was against Mahershala Ali because one it's like a man that's taking care of your own son that's like very demasculating because it's that, that power I think was right. really strong at that point because that's like a very big family thing and he's not allowed to be involved in that. Um, you know, there's a lot of power involved in being a dad. Um, and you know, in raising another man, you know. Uh and it also kind of just goes to show like, you know, masculinity is based off who raised you. You know, Bradley Cooper was never really around his kids supposedly from like how it was displayed and his kids an asshole. His kid has no pushback whatsoever. He does whatever the fuck he wants, and no one likes him. You know, he can't make any real friends or anything. Uh, so, then, you know. Well, just to add to that, there's a real irony in that because his dad is looking out for him the entire time and, like, right. gives him the right answers to, like, get out of the police situation and, mm -hmm. like, become successful. And, like, we right. never see him be out outwardly abusive towards him. Like, he's annoyed by his dad occasionally, but he's, like... Are, go always goes to him to adv for advice so it's ironic that he's such a bad fucking father right it's like fa parenting uh you know like there's a lot of layers to it you know it's not just one thing uh but yeah i think the ultimate message that comes from like talking about masculinity and manhood is like you know a lot of your environment can create who you are and sometimes that can be cyclical and if you are able to figure that out early on you won't make the same mistakes or you it will be easier to not make those same mistakes and those who can't learn from that do uh that's kind of like the main takeaway i've gotten from it from like thinking about it and discussing it here on the podcast yeah i really like that josh i think that's a really cool interpretation um being a man is hard i don't know if you know that delane it's like one of the hardest things it's it's like super hard God, wow. he just 180 that and whatever said before, <laughs> just forgotten. Dude, Josh I don't know if like, you know this. This movie is woke, so I'm about to make this anti-woke. <laughs> this this movie is woke garbage, and I'll never subject my kid to this whenever I see him. 
All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Ice cream is great. It's hard being a man. Be good to your kid when you see him. <laughs> Hell yeah. The three facts of life. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the experience of watching it. Um, I certainly have enjoyed this discussion. I feel like I got a lot more out of the film having discussed it with you all. But now it's time for the official rating. Thumbs up, thumbs down for A Place Beyond the Pines. Go, Brian. Uh, I, I bear more towards thumbs up. But like I said, unfinished corn on the cob. <laughs> all right, maybe we should be doing corns. Uh <laughs> All right, Nathan, stars or thumbs, stars, corns, however you want to rate this. Tell me what you thought. I'm giving this the cornhole rating of you should watch it at least once. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. you, everything's good uh, to try at least once. Uh, good old uh, thumbs up. Uh, no corn pun here. Just going to be straight with you. All right. Just the, just the plain old kernel of truth. <laughs> I was all ears on that one <laughs> alright well to be honest with you guys I think I'm right there with you I, I give it a thumbs up obviously it has its issues as we've gone into depth in um, on this podcast but I did enjoy the experience of watching it overall would I watch it again maybe once more just to see if it improves on the rewatch. Um, but I totally agree. It's worth at least one watch if you have not seen it yet. Just if only just for Ryan Gosling's great performance and some really beautiful atmosphere um, and environment, environmental storytelling. Um, cool. All right. Well, that concludes this discussion on the place beyond the pines. So what is our next yeah. month? So movie. Pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Next, All right, Brian, what do you have in store next, for us? Next month. Next month is our one year anniversary. What do you got in store for us, Brian? What are you guys gonna buy me? <laughs> well, it's uh much as it is the one year anniversary of the podcast, it is also quite a different milestone uh for one Brian because <laughs> it was my it was my birthday month and I will be Hell yeah. turning thirty years old. Which I'm not daunted by, except by the fact that, you know, there may be what I'll call a running bit. I feel safest calling it a running bit because I'm more most comfortable referring to it that way. Sure. Um, that I that, you know, I'm nearing nearing my uh, the end of, of my of my days. Uh, I should say I should say my last thing about uh, uh, Place Beyond the Pines is Bradley Cooper's character in the when we were introduced to him, it said that he is 29 years old and I am 29 years old. And that just made me really, really sad. But uh, as I am turning 30 years old and may or may not, uh, you know, live to tell the tale for years to come. Uh, I thought that, you know, I play around with the theme uh, of, uh, you know, of life. And, you know, I've got lots of questions about it. Uh, you know, and I think that we could have a, uh, a, a wonderful discussion through, a uh, an absurdist lens. And so with that, uh, my, uh, pick for March is going to be the question of life as told by a few silly little British oh, fellows. My, I know. In I, the I film, knew it. I fucking Monty knew Python's it. The meaning of life. Wow. Nice. All nice. right. No, wow. I've never right. seen it. I've, I have not watched it in a very long time. And 
I have ideas about what it was like at the time, but like, you know, that was like half my life ago. All right. Well, folks, check back next month for our rousing episode on Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. I'm excited. Brian, where can we watch The Meaning of Life? I never have an answer to these questions. Uh, I have it on DVD. The one of the only things well, that I actually I, have on physical. Oh my gosh, that helps no one but really? you. Uh, well, <laughs> I think you it's have on to rent that. It. Uh, oh, you have to rent it. They, it, it might be. Netflix. Is it on? Uh, is it on our favorite uh, service? Tubi. Tubi. I don't think Tubi. it's on Tubi. <laughs> then Tubi. I don't want to watch. All right. Well. I look forward to next month's episode with you all. You can follow us all on various social media. Um, All that information is on the podcast description, I believe. Well, thank you all so much, and uh, we'll see you all next month. Cue the jingle.